It's time for Let's Make Kids Books, where you'll learn how to easily create, publish, and sell your own children's books today. Whether you're just getting started or want to increase book sales and attract more readers and fans, you're in the right place. And now your host, children's book author and founder of letsmakekidsbooks.com, Bo Blackwell. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for a new episode of the Let's Make Kids Book podcast. And I'm really excited today because I have a couple with me uh, that I'm going to talk to today. And they are a married couple who are actually creating and publishing children's books together, which is really exciting and, and kind of unique. I haven't really run across too many people like that. So I'm excited to talk to them and kind of see how that process works, because I imagine it's it's an interesting creative process. So um, with me is Rosemary Rivera and Mario Menjivar. And thanks so much for joining me on the show, guys. I'm really excited to have you. Thank you so much, Bo, for having us. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So um, how long have you guys been doing children's books together and, and how did you kind of get started and decide that's something you wanted to do? Well, I always like to tell the story that um, we met in college. So we were college sweethearts and um, we were in art school together and I was in a writing program. So we were the outcasts, more or less, the writers, because uh, <laughs> what visual arts do you do when you write? So, um, but we hung out and um, I hung out with the artists because they were more fun. And, <laughs> and so one day we were all sharing each other's work and I saw his illustrations and I thought, hmm, I wouldn't mind going out with him, but I really want to work with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's forgetting part of the story that when they walk into the lounge, the artist lounge, her and her friends, they look like uptown girls. So they're not dressed like artists. They dress like uptown girls really nicely dressed. And we're looking for like, who are they? What are they doing there? I mean, it's like, it, it's, they just kind of like stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> so automatically, I knew I wanted to date her immediately. But I thought I was off, you know, basically away from the radar when it came to, to her. But she definitely later on wanted to date me. And, uh, and, and I think I tricked her with my artwork. And, uh, and it kind of worked. And it's been like, what, 20... 20 million years. <laughs> 20 million years. Oh, no, it only feels like that. That's okay. <laughs> but great, great 20 million years. <laughs> it's been a, a, almost 30, uh, 26, 27 years together. 27 years on, yeah. But um, it took me 24 to actually get him to collaborate with me. Oh, wow. So that yeah. your, your original plan kind of backfired, huh? It didn't, yeah, didn't really yeah, work. very much so. But that's because he was called away by Disney. Um, and he was working on um, a lot of uh, 2D animated movies like Lion King, Pocahontas, and he could tell you the rest. But um, it, yeah, I was yeah I was I was recruited by the Disney Studios. Um, I wasn't really looking uh, to work in animation, even, even though I, I took some animation at the School of Visual Arts. I was already focusing in becoming an illustrator. But then Disney kind of came in and started recruiting people, and I was just there. I showed my portfolio, and I was one of the lucky ones to to actually go to the internship for three months. And before I knew it, I was with the Disney studio for 10 years, basically, doing films with them, which was a great experience. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But it derailed me for a while. Yeah. 
<laughs> sure, sure. I can understand. So were you still doing uh, much illustration on the side or was it like that's your day job and so you didn't really want to do it <laughs> in your free time uh, too? I, I was I was too tired <laughs> to do when I came back home because Disney really kept you busy with these films. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even Crunch Time. Crunch Time was like the last two months of when the film had to be done where you had to work seven days a week, sometimes wow. to all the way to like two o'clock in the morning. Um, so... You know, when they gave us those two months breaks, we basically took advantage of them mm-hmm. and just relaxed and traveled a little bit and, you know, just... And did a couple of little stories yeah. on the side. Yeah. And they just kind of sat there for a while. Sure. And, uh, yeah. As the years went by, we finally decided, okay, this is the time. Let's do it. And um, like you, it was a little one. You mm-hmm. know, we had our little boy and um, mm-hmm. we were like, okay, we have these stories here. And we yeah. had teamed up. Um, after a while, we had teamed up to sell... Um, concepts and pitches for animated series and for for film and um, we went through a lot of these close deals Mm -hmm. that just kind of didn't come together and then that kind of gets tiring and when you have a little one kind of want to make more time to enjoy your work and them at the same time so that's when we finally looked at our pipeline of work and said you know what are we going to do with this because we can't wait for the whims to turn in our favor or start to do something with that and that's when he finally said let's do it and i thought okay wow i never thought i'd hear that so (laughs) we're on (laughs) i was ready you know it it was just timing you know i I think if we would have done this a few years back i probably wouldn't be too happy with my artwork uh it's just one of those things that you just you knew mentally and artistically you had to be ready for it yeah that's so we finally did Interesting. Was there anything in particular that kind of got you to that tipping point where you really felt like, okay, this is the time? Or was it just one of those, you wake up one day and it, it seems right? Um, honestly, it was, it was, I had to get the Disney stuff out of my system. <laughs> I, and I don't mean it in a bad way, you know, it, um, because when you work for a studio that's very strong when it comes to a certain, to certain styles and look, um, you know, you kind of like take that with you into your own artwork. And so it takes a while for you to kind of like um, uh, find yourself again as an artist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think coming back to New York helped a lot, too. Uh, coming back to New York and, and being around more artists uh, who are basically who think outside more basically as illustrators and, and view life differently. That helped a lot. Um, and now I'm teaching at the School of Visual Arts where I graduated from. So being around the students too, and 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 seeing how their uh, their work is 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 growing has helped me basically find myself all over again, and that's when I realized, okay, I think it's we're ready to to do our film, uh, not our film, but our, our book, and uh, and see what comes out of it. And so far, I've been pretty pleased. Uh, I know there's more I can do with my artwork, but it's a growing process right now. Yeah, that's very cool. So when you guys decided to finally do a book together, um, Rosemary, was it a book that you had written already or an idea you had kind of that had been percolating for a while? Or did you say, I'm going to come up with with an entirely new concept um, so that you guys could could collaborate? Or was it sort of having something illustrated that you already knew what you wanted to do? 
Well, we, um, like I said before, we had um, collaborated quite a bit on our off time because I guess that's what artists do when they're bored at home and there's nothing else to do. But we just <laughs> didn't do anything with it, you know. Or sometimes we knew these were good pitches for concepts and um, for a studio or for, for TV, and then they'd kind of not pan out. And so the ideas in and of themselves were still pretty solid. And... This first particular book actually was a per based on, um, it, it's humorous, it's funny, it's about a girl who just wants to win a, um, a contest, the, the girl who couldn't draw, and it was based on something that happened to me when I was seven years old, and it's about basically self-esteem, and, um, and it, it ends a lot better than my personal story did, because that's what you do when you're a writer, it's like, you know, you have to be the superhero at the end, so, you know, that's what I did, and um, I had fun with it, and uh, took myself back to being seven, and what you really see, and versus how the grown-ups see the same thing, and took that contrast and turned that into the story. That was supposed to be an animated short once, and um, Mario looked at it and said, you know what, this is the one I want to start with, so... He started to illustrate it, and we reworked it so uh, from the short um, film version into the book that it became. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, when you decided to, to do the book, um, is it self-published, or, or did it go through a publisher? We decided to self-publish because um, at this point, just like Mario was saying, we were exploring and expanding. A lot of the stuff that we do is kind of hybrid to, to the market sometimes. It's childlike, but you know, there's a, a, a slight mature tongue-in-cheek quality to it without it being you know, rude or, or uh, inappropriate for children. Mm -hmm. And so when you try to sell some of these ideas uh, commercially, they're not sure how to market them because it has to be a very precise pigeonhole. And we were kind of tired of trying to figure that out and we said, you know what, we're at a time now where the technology is on our side, everything's in our favor. Let the, let's see what the audience or what readerships would say to the material. Mm -hmm. And um, we've gotten quite an interesting response when we put it out because, you know, when you put out a book, of course, you always get the what age group is it for and whatever. And then when it actually sells and you see who's buying it, you get this whole other um, wake up call. It's like who's really responding to your stuff. And um, that's pretty much what happened here. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, was there any element of like, you know, having had that relationship with Disney and sort of that traditional world you know, maybe reacting against that and saying, like, I don't I don't want to work, you know, sort of in the confines of another company where they're telling us what to do or kind of calling the shots and, and we want to call all our own shots? Or was it really just that, you know, we want to get this to market and see, you know, kind of see how it can stand on its own? Because a lot of people, I think, are, are a little bit afraid of the, the technology or the process of, of getting it out there yourself um, and would rather just submit to publishers and hope. <laughs> Yeah, it, well. it, it, it is a lot of work putting it together. I mean, using the technology, um, but in the end, uh, when I mean, it, it's all about just just throwing yourself into it and understanding it and not being afraid of the technology. And then you start realizing how simple it really is. And um, and it took me a while to to start using Photoshop because I would like to draw traditionally and do everything traditionally, paint traditionally. And uh, but once my wife kind of like, uh, she just told me, just just try it, see what happens. And then I did. 
I just realized it's just an extension of your of your hand. Really, it's 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 a tool that's there really to help you, and and to make you better. And so that's one of the things we learned about the whole technology thing. And for the people not to be afraid of, of using it, you have to. This is the future, and and you have to stay open to it. And what's great about it is that the technology has brought opportunities for for people whose work that that other other places don't want to take them in, but they know they have something there that just they want to let the audience make that decision instead of having an executive make that decision. Technology is there for that reason. So that way people can make the actual people can make the decision. Which is why you see so many people succeeding in YouTube. You know, they're just putting their stuff out there. And and they're just getting lots of hits. They're becoming famous. What's this kid who's famous singer? <laughs> Oh, Bieber? Look at Bieber. I mean, YouTube. The kid is now a millionaire. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's just not being afraid of just using what's in front of you, the technology. And that's all it really is. I think sometimes it's really scarier for, uh, scarier, much scarier for artists because we're used to doing something, you know, we're taught to do things a certain way when we, you know, in college. And then when we leave college and then we see all of a sudden things are, are changing really quickly, especially in the in in the in, in the whole technical world. You know, you, you have to kind of like try and 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 catch it. You know, and kind of like hold on to it to make sure that 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 you're able to to understand what's going on. So, you know, I've learned not to be afraid of it. Uh, a lot of it has to do because of my because of Rosemary. She's basically always telling me just give it a shot give it a shot and uh, I'm, I'm glad that I, I I did that because you know my work now has 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 improved much more and I don't have to worry too much about using oils and having the oil, you know oils smelling the whole house <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so you know and, but you know my advice for the people out there don't don't be afraid of it I mean if anything get someone that can help you. You know, if you don't understand it, you know, there's always someone out there that will help you uh, go to a college where there's a lot of young kids there who, who, who understand the technology and get them, you know, just have them teach you, get them involved. They'll be happy to teach you. I mean, basically, they really, they, they would. And, but just find somebody that's going to help you, you know, how to, how to use, you know, that certain technology and move forward because that's the only way. Yeah, yeah, that's a great so, perspective. A great I, I really like. Uh, I think that's an important point that instead of being afraid of the technology, recognizing that it, it's empowering once you figure it out, and it can be, it can be a hassle. And I've certainly banged my head against the wall a few times trying to <laughs> figure out formatting stuff or that kind of thing. But um, at the end of the day, if it can help you overcome having to deal with traditional gatekeepers and instead of being able to just take things into your own hands and say, yeah, it's going to be a couple of months of figuring out technology and it may be a little rough and there will be some roadblocks, but at least a couple of months it'll be done <laughs> and not, yeah. you know, submitting books to publishers and waiting years to ever get in, exactly. get a bite. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That's, that's it. And yeah, just imagine that sending your stuff to, to these publishers takes months. Send in to, to other publishers that it takes months for them to get back to you. It's years. It's but really years. When, when you could have had, yeah, when you had the book out already, mm -hmm. you know, just by taking two or three months, like, 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 like you were saying, of just learning the technology and then putting it out to yourself. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, it, it's, it really is an empowerment, you know, 
to to understand what's going on going on in technology. You're not going to know everything, so you don't you shouldn't feel bad. You you're not supposed to know everything in technology. There's certain things in technology that other people are better at. Go find them. You know, go find them. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. And one thing I've kind of noticed in in the way the technology is moving and in you know things like web design and and just computers in general is that they're getting easier all the time so even though some of the technology stuff is a hassle right now i'm sure somebody's working on new software to make the formatting process easier or things like that that right now are kind of a pain but it's good to learn them anyway you know you might as well get started doing your own stuff now because probably in a month or two amazon will come out with something to make it even easier and <laughs> things just are always moving towards simplicity and easiness instead of it being that hard i mean i think of designing a website 10 years ago versus being um, able to throw one up now in 10 minutes and have a nice looking website so yeah exactly, exactly. and it's so empowering because um i came from just being exhausted of hearing um uh, go jumping through hoops, you know, you just, you're scrambling to deliver and develop material and then you bring it over and they're like, oh yeah, we really did want the little superhero boys, but we want goth girls now. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you could have told me that before I sat down to work, you know, so after a while it just wears you out and you're like, you know what, let me find out what the people want instead of trying to figure out, you know, what whims. Uh, what market testing is telling you what to do. And um, I think it was that that restriction of, of having to cater to, to tests and demographics and all that when we're getting into a time where there's an increasing on-demand audience out there. And these kids, I mean, our little guy, he's he was in the car with us yesterday and he was like, I want to hear such and such song, Dad, and it's a regular radio. He thinks everything is on the net. <laughs> My kids are the same way. He's satellite now because he wants a specific song at that moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in many ways, that's empowering for the artist and the creative person. Yeah, that's a great point. So I know you guys are working on your second book um, called mm -hmm. Harvey McGee and the House on the Hill. Um, mm -hmm. What have you kind of learned since putting out your first book that you're you're bringing to the second book? Are you doing anything differently or do you feel like you've got kind of more of a, a workable plan for getting that second book done and out there than, than on the first one? I, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I, mm -hmm. I, I think what we're doing differently in, in this book is we're she's doing a lot of the PR right now. Mm -hmm. So she's getting the word out there, which we didn't do with the first book. We kind of just put it out there. Mm -hmm. and, and we started doing the, the whole PR. But she can explain a little better since that's her. <laughs> Department. Yeah, technically I graduated with a degree in PR and I barely used it and I'm like, okay, this time to dust it off and get going on this. That's another reason why I married her too. See, <laughs> your show has become a confessional. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's what marriage but, is, right? Actually, we you know, we, we got together and we wanted to create so badly that, you know, I think that's like the biggest rookie mistake that most people do. I mean, I from what I understand, you came from a marketing background before mm -hmm. you started writing. Is that correct? Which uh, we're in awe of. We're like, oh, we want that superpower first, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because uh, creating the product is, is, of course, great. I mean, having the product is awesome. But then um, 
being able to market it is a whole other enterprise in and of itself. And so for people who are creative and are used to just putting content together, um, that usually goes to the back burner sometimes to our detriment, you know. And so one of the things that I am doing now since he's working on the artwork and I had already written the material ages ago, I'm like, well, instead of twiddling my thumbs, I can actually start to put some stuff out, some create some type of uh, buzz or word until, you know, we're ready to come out because we didn't have that opportunity the first time around. Mm-hmm. So what 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 would a PR plan look like uh, as you're doing it? Because that that's actually interesting, and PR is something I have no experience with really. So I'm I'm curious to hear <laughs> what a, you know what PR looks like for uh, for an upcoming self-published book. Yeah, I mean it's to be honest, um, much like everything in all our creative industries, even the way PR is done has changed dramatically from when I got my degree. And so um, a lot of the stuff I've learned, believe it or not, has just been from joining forums um, for self-publishers and seeing how they've done it. Because back when I graduated, <clears throat> excuse me, when pteranodons were still around, um, <laughs> there was no internet, there was no buzz. And so, you know, we, it, it, to, to plan and to strategize now, it's, it's such a whole other animal. But the plus, just like the creative um, process now, is that there's so many social, um, uh, social interactions now that we can do social media. Um, and so we just started when we did the first book, we did um, the Facebook account. Um, I was very Twitter phobic until recently and I started to do that. And I've noticed that that has, you know, garnered me connections that I didn't even imagine, you know, that are more related to, to the actual field. And so that was a, a, a nice wake up call and, and a plus. And, Um, But to come up with a plan, uh, I'm still a work in progress, still working that out myself, because it seems like with every book and with every project, um, it seems to be a little different. You know, who you touched the first time may not be who you reach the second time around based on your material. So um, I think that's the one constant that hasn't changed despite the technology is identifying your audience first. If you can figure out who's most likely to read your stuff, then you have a better idea what social media outlets to use, where to focus your energy, especially when you're doing both things at once. So you have to be more strategic and uh, do more with a lot less time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, that's kind of one thing I see a lot of, of authors doing that I I understand why, but it I think it can be kind of a mistake is they end up marketing or doing outreach to other authors rather than to the actual audience you know for the books and um i think you're right that if you spend more time figuring out who is your audience and where do they hang out and how are you going to get in front of them as opposed to basically marketing your book on author forums or things like that where Mm -hmm. it's like that's great and you'll probably get a few purchases or you know make some friends and that kind of thing i think um some authors spend too much time in the company of other authors and not enough out with their actual customers. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, and I get it. It's easier to, you know, because we're all, creative people tend to be um, hermits. And so they're more (laughs) comfortable going in and creating. And then so it can be very daunting to go out into a crowd and say, hey, look at me and look at what I'm doing. And you know, do you like this baby I put out? You know, so it's like the it's it's it is a daunting thing. That is, you know, it comes with the but it comes with the turf. And I think that the more 
um, you get acclimated to it, the more, um, the, the less intimidating it becomes and mm -hmm. um, uh, the more organic or natural it becomes to just um, be out there, go to the libraries, go um, to book festivals, go into um, events, especially in the summertime. There's a lot of mm -hmm. stuff out there for kids. Um, and we did an event here because there's a lot of uh, inner city programs where they bring uh, libraries over to kids and they shut down the street and they bring in these libraries. So we joined with them and donated our books and I came into my local neighborhood and read and that creates you know new fans on a personal level because they're like, hey, she came from where I came from and it becomes more of a, um, a more human and, and warmer connection to the material and, and, and that's always a, a nice surprise. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. That's a great, great point that you got to get out there and be, you know, uh, among the crowds and, and with people. And I think the local element's really important and something you're right. I, I've talked to several authors that have said, I'm, I'm just too much of an introvert. I don't, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, get out there. I just want to sit in my house and write books. And I think that makes it really hard to, to build a following if you're not out there interacting because people want to know who you are as the author and um, where you came from and what your motivation was and all that kind of stuff. So that's a great point. Yeah, you have to create your fan base and your fan has to get to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a very important thing. Yeah. I mean, you have to be, it's, it's no different than that when you're making a movie and they, they have to put the stars out there before the film comes out to make sure that they, you know, that they, they push the film out there and, and uh, you know, you have to meet the people. You know, because these are the people who, when, when they meet you, they're going to want to know more about your work. And that's how you start creating a fan base. You know, it's like that human touch, basically. You know, mm -hmm. it's that human contact. That's very important. Yeah, it does, yeah. it does take time, but it's it's worth it. I mean, like you said before, we, we're going to work hard. You're going to learn something that's very, you know, go beat your head against the wall every time you're trying to get a book to cooperate and, and print out and come out the way it needs to. But in the end, we're working hard anyway every day. So, But at least you see the return on a more personal level. You see it in your pocket. You see it in your lifestyle, the quality of your life, your work-life balance. And um, I think that freedom and that um, empowerment um, trumps you know, trying to be accepted into mainstream outlets, um, having had the, lived those two paths, um, I think that that, the, especially when you have a family, I think it's it's very empowering and and it um it, it actually feels like you're living a good life. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the that's the real goal, right? The ultimate goal. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, I wanted to, to ask before we wrap up just a little bit more about kind of how your process works um, as a husband and wife team. You know, how long would it, would it take you to, to get a book done? And are you collaborating throughout the process? Or is it kind of like, Rosemary, you write it and hand it off and uh, Mario, you illustrate it? Or, or are you working together on it throughout the, the whole process? No way. There's no way we're just going to walk away and just try to give the other one that <laughs> space, right? <laughs> Whereas that's, the, that's the, the awkward dance, right? Because you have each other right next to you. You're always going to peek over the other one's shoulder and go, what are you doing? What are you doing? And uh, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing. How do you do that and not get on each other's nerves? But um, we're actually um, 
pretty lucky. And if he makes faces behind me, you don't have to tell me. But <laughs> he, we we actually do respect each other's space, and we do um, let the other one. We, we we recognize each other's strengths, but we also trust each other to tell each other the truth because we're doing this three-legged race together. So we don't want the other. We we can. It's in our best interest, regardless of ego, that this project fail. So we have to look at each other and go, okay, he's stronger at this. So let him do his thing. And if he's arguing it and I, and I see where he's coming from, then, you know, my ego goes to the back and vice versa. So um, that we've, we've managed through the years of working together on different things to, to be able to do that and still have dinner at night and, and not be angry or anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is very important, yes. Since, you know, we know each other's work very well, um, and like she was saying, we, we, we trust each other. Um, she's very honest with me when she sees my artwork. She knows exactly, I mean, she's not afraid to let me know. That doesn't look good. That does not look, I mean, she, and, and you know, and she'll back it up. Yeah, I will get upset. You know, she is hitting my ego as an artist. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the one that was training this thing for years. Who are you to tell me? And I look, and I'm like, oh, wow, she's right. Yeah, I got to do that over again. Yeah, every now and again, it's like, I was an editor. I worked in magazines. Yeah. I did layouts. My friend. Pull <laughs> the credentials every now, but it doesn't last long, not very long at all. And and I have to be open that if I'm gonna dish it out, that I have to be prepared for him to go. And he'll he has no qualms looking at my stuff. He goes, it's missing that punch, that line. It just always comes up. That punch, that snap, that that that. And I'm like, okay. I'm really Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure your yeah your Hollywood experience probably uh, adds a lot to that that piece as well. Because I mean that's the stuff that works. So you gotta gotta bring it in yeah so i have to sit down and you know face the music too with him and uh but you know i have to it, it's important because in the end you have to separate yourself from your work and you know even for writers um and i'm not sure how it is for you but when you're working on words for a very long time after a while it just looks like um it looks like alphabet soup stuff doesn't even like words anymore so you know you really do need that fresh eye to take a look at it and say okay well this isn't flowing correctly or I don't get this because if somebody doesn't get it then there's a chance that many more might not and you don't want to risk that either so ego definitely has to go on the shelf you and, know we're going to work together and and we have a lot of fun doing this we I do mean, we really have a lot of fun doing this uh you know, I, I, you know, our dream is to, you know, for this to be successful, that just picturing ourselves and, you know, doing this, you know, every day, getting up in the morning and, you know, going to the studio and not just sit and draw and she would just sit and do her writing and just creating more stories. Mm -hmm. And, but you have to have fun doing this. You have to, you have to believe in it. I mean, you really do. You, you not just in the words, but you have to believe in the characters you're creating, because uh, the audience are going to feel that not through the words and through the images. They're going to feel that energy that you know that that energy that you're putting into the artwork and the words that you know that you believe in in this world. Um, but you have to have fun doing this stuff. I mean, you have to love it. You have to love it. I mean, you really do. I don't know how else I can exp uh, I can say it. It's it's a passion. Mm -hmm. And and you know and this this is a passion for both of us you know it it took a few years for us to get to it 
but it is a passion. And, and I'm kind of glad that we did wait this long because uh, even though she was ready before I was, you know, now that I'm ready, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving everything I, I, I have in my experience and I'm putting it down and I'm seeing it and I'm thinking, well, yeah, that looks pretty good. Let's keep going with it. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough in a way to actually be able to critique my own work too. And I think that's another thing too, that I was too young. And, and when you're a young artist, you know, you don't, you don't critique your work as well as, as you should. Uh, and but the older you get and, and the more experience you have under your belt, the more you start critiquing your work. And I think once I hit that stage too, I was ready to, to work with her uh, because we really want to put the best product out there on both sides. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's really interesting, and, and that's a great point about, you know, kind of getting to a point in your life where you're ready and you can bring all of your, your past experience to bear. I think that is huge and, and does make a big difference, you know, feeling like you've got the, the expertise and, and the passion in line. That's really when the magic happens, I think. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so we want to do that on a regular basis and still have time to go pick up our little one and have fun with him and enjoy that part of the process and know that when we're working that, you know, it's it's just a step away. We're able to enjoy everything. And um, I think um, that's what struck me about reading your story, um, that you were doing the same thing. And I think for many of us is that that whole thing that, you know, our, the day-to-day work life is, is very demanding these days, much more than um, with because of technology, for better and worse. Um, and so you want to be able to preserve that time, you know, for yourself as well and, and still be able to do your best work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How, what does your son think of, uh, or your little one? I think I think you said it was the son, but what does he think of uh, of having a mom and dad working on books together? And <laughs> does he like to read your books? He does actually, and he's only five right now. But when the first book came out, he was four, and he didn't pay it much mind. And um, you know, it wasn't on video or anything. And then we got picked up by an outlet called Story Cub, which, by the way, I recommend highly to any self-published yes. um, uh, author of children's books, hmm. because um, they actually um, take in your submission. And if they like it, uh, for those of us who grew up at a certain time and saw LeVar Burton in Reading Rainbow, they turn your book into one of those where an actor reads it, acts it out, and um, does the narration, and they zoom into the illustrations, and it's really nicely done. And uh, we got picked up by Story Cub, and they made a video of um, her book, and it was really well done. And the day that it was sent, my little boy was next to me and I started to play this cool video. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. He runs up to the screen and goes, hey, that's my book. (laughs) And since then, he's been reading our stuff. So basically, it wasn't until it became a video that it became cool. It was cool for him. But that story comes (laughs) philosophy. They really did prove that if you get um, a kid interested in the book, in the video form, that they may actually want to carry that book around. They have a connection to it. And that they immediately proved that to me. Um, But also, it was a, a great marketing tool. Yeah, that's because really that's cool. Still, I'm going to have to yeah. check that out. I haven't, I haven't ever uh, looked them up before, but yeah, I'll definitely check that out. 
should. I absolutely recommend it because what better way as, you know, you're paying, you're going through all this drama to put your book together and then you're marketing it. And, you know, people talk about book trailers. I'm really iffy on those things because I feel like it's kind of a fad and I see that it also takes out a lot more creative energy out of it than you need to. But this, in essence, is like having a, a book, a book trailer, even better. So um, our uh, our if you go to our website, it's front and center. It's right there, and it's shared free. They share their stuff, your stories on uh, on iTunes. It's great exposure. Wow! Know, yeah, for, that's fantastic. Yeah, so um, I definitely recommend you know ha- checking them out. And um, not only will it be a great tool, your kids will think your stuff is actually hip. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, Rosemary and Mario, I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Um, your book that's already out right now is called The Girl Who Couldn't Draw, and that's available on Amazon. And coming up, you have Harvey McGee and The House on the Hill. Um, do you have a, a website like the one you mentioned where they can see the video for your book or um, you know, subscribe and let people know when you have new ones? Sure. It's, um, it's moonbearcc dot com okay moonbearcc.com i will make sure to to link up all your books and website in the show notes and thank you guys again for taking the time this has been great talking to you and really enjoyed hearing about kind of how you you got to creating books and and what it's like for you guys so thanks so much for sharing Bo, thank you so much for having us i wish you the best in this um project it's an awesome idea all right really appreciate it Okay, thanks, guys, and and thanks to everybody out there for listening. It's been great to have you, and we'll be back again soon with a new episode. Hi, Bo here. I just wanted to say thanks again for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it and finding it useful, please do me a quick favor and subscribe on iTunes or leave a review by going to letsmakekidsbooks.com slash iTunes or just share it with your author friends. To make sure you don't miss anything, including future episodes of the show, Visit letsmakekidsbooks.com slash subscribe and enter your email to get all of my blog and podcast updates, as well as my free guide to finding a fantastic, inexpensive illustrator for your next book. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.